Welcome to the Blue Continent Podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Pertzer, International Research Coordinator for the Blue Continent Alliance, the Blue Continent Podcast, and your Blue Continent. What this program is about, this podcast, what makes it unique is, is finding people who have knowledge or expertise or have worked to address in a sustainable way a lot of global development issues. Today, my guest is Kari Eliasson from my friends at the Norwegian Refugee Council. She oversees Central and Western Africa Regional Desk at the NRC, where earlier this year they issued a report on the top 10 most underreported conflicts in the world. Coming in at number one was the Civil War in Cameroon, which is geographically located at the literal armpit of Africa, where this incredibly diverse country is known as Africa in miniature, and it encompasses every topographical variety found in Central Africa, Western Africa, and the Sahel region. Carrie. Thank you for having us. Oh, totally. And I thought, wow, what a what a really interesting conflict that people don't know anything about. And I think that's that's the point of, of this discussion is uh, well first tell me uh, what your role is over at the Refugee Council. So in the Norwegian Refugee Council, I work in the regional office for Central and West Africa mm. with uh, advocacy and media. So I'm the head of advocacy and media for that region, mm. covering amongst other countries, Cameroon. Okay. Uh, and what are some of the other countries that are in your, your zone, your purview? Um, we are also working in the, um, in the Sahel, so in Burkina Faso, in Niger, in Mali, mm. um, in Northeast Nigeria, and uh, also in Central African Republic and uh, DRC, Democratic Republic. Do most of these uh, Sahel countries, do they have uh, similar issues that they have to deal with? Yeah, in the, um, in the list that we launched this year, nine out of 10 of the crises are in Africa, and eight out of 10 um, is in Western Central Africa. Yeah. So it's um, overrepresentative. They're overrepresented at the, in the list. So do you think that contributes somehow to the fact that they are, are sim- seem to be ignored in such a large degree? Yeah, I would say so. I would say that when there's less attention in the media, when there's less talk about them in big global meetings, then it's also easier to uh, to ignore the people who are living in these conflicts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, also the financing part makes it more difficult to respond to the humanitarian crisis. What are some of the the larger contributing factors uh, that have caused similar conflicts in all of these in this region like why why is it a continuous problem for for so many countries there i think there's very different uh, roots of the conflicts in the sahel if you compare to uh, to cameroon and, and drc but i think it's unavoidable to to look at the way that um, colonial history has affected these countries where um, the state is not very accountable to its populations and, and the borders are not made in an organic way. They were drawn up by European powers often. Okay. So what does that translate to as far as a refugee crisis? Uh, how, uh, how, how are, what are the specific um, 
personal factors that are that are affecting people and chasing them into refugee status. Um, so the the violence and conflict uh, most often threatens uh, makes people flee to the neighboring village. It's it's quite rare, even if. Uh, most Europeans and, and probably also in the U.S. think that most people flee to, to Europe and the U.S. That is, that is not at all the case in the region where, where we work. Um, so for the most part, people flee to the neighboring village trying to, um, trying to get away from the conflict and obviously then leave, leave behind whatever they, whatever they own and often also their livelihoods since most of them are, or a lot of the people are farmers. Um, in Cameroon, in particular, there's been uh, the the attack on villages in the northwest southwest has um, has led to them being burned. So it will take quite a long time also for for these people to regain their their houses and their livelihoods. Now, who is who is attacking? It's both the state uh, non-state armed groups and and the military forces. Mm-hmm indiscriminate violence from from both parties i'd say mm. that's it's almost it's unimaginable for a lot of us to, to think about that happening yeah um okay and so the the council how did they determine that this was the the most unreported uh conflict what what measure did they use yeah so um, it's our head office, Norwegian Ref uh, Refugee Council's head office, who have made these. Um, there's an indicator on political will, there's an indicator on media attention, and there's an indicator on uh, humanitarian financing. And Cameroon was for the second year in a row the, the country that uh, scored the, um, the lowest or the highest, <laughs> depending on how you, yeah. yeah. So it's a very fun competition to win, but uh, yeah. So what does the Norwegian Refugee Council do to advocate for people who are coming from, from this place? So I would say that um, our country teams are working um, with, with local authorities and it's in, in the country. We are trying to highlight this at a regional level and our offices around the world are trying to raise the issue with the political leaders in, in countries that could have an influence over the um, Cameroonian state to, to find a political solution. But in the, um, in the country, it, it all often looks like um, um, it's, it's very at the local level that we are advocating. So we would advocate for the, um, the resolution of the conflict, but also then first and foremost to, to be able to access people with humanitarian assistance. And to to reopen the schools for children to be allowed safe access to schools. So it's addressing the um, all the, the all the small parts of the, what a conflict looks like for the people on the ground. Okay, and I suppose you work with other agencies as well. Yeah, we work with fellow uh, international organizations and also local organizations who help us um, distribute aid and also. Uh, carry out activities. What type of aid are they most in need of? I remember when I was there in 2019, late 2019, we met people who had fled in uh, in Boya in southwest Cameroon. When they came to um, to the city, what they what one of the first things that they were asking for was plastic sheeting so that they could build a shed. Mm -hmm. 
in the in the bushes because the rainy season was coming. Then um, they were also very concerned about having enough hygiene uh, facilities or hygiene um, kits. So I remember one woman who we distributed soap to. She cut the soap in 20 small pieces to be able to redistribute in the in the bushes to her family. And that says a little about the um, the lack of adequate humanitarian response in the um, in that particular that's just one example but i think that's quite telling of, of the desperation of the yeah it really is wow i've never heard anything like that um mm. now cameroon as a country is a is a pretty diverse like multi-intersectional uh country in its location because the north of it is the sahel right and and the western mm. part of it is is closer to West Africa, uh, geo, uh, you know, you know, in biodiversity, for example, and then, yeah. and then other parts of it are more like Central and and the Congo, uh, for example, that border it. So it's it's at a, it's at a crossroads in so many ways. Um, mm. uh, and it's also called a mini. The mini Africa, mini. supposed to have all the uh, the climate zones and, and such. Where do you see this? The resolution of this conflict. Uh, do you do you see that? How do you feel the elements necessary? I mean, I'm asking you because I know you have a master's in peace and conflict studies, so you must taken this apart and spend a lot of time looking and thinking about what what a resolution could look like. I think it's important that the resolution comes from um, comes from within and that. Uh, there's um, there's an increased demand. I think the Cameroonian population are quite tired of, of war. Eight out of ten regions in Cameroon is affected by conflict. Not the same conflict, but um, but there is um, violence in eight out of ten uh, uh, regions in Cameroon. So we should hope that it comes uh, comes from within. It's it's quite a tough authoritarian regime. So it's it's quite um, you have to be. Yeah, you have to be courageous to uh, to speak out as a Cameroonian in, in the country. There... But then obviously, sorry. No, no, you, you continue. No, obviously there's also a need for, for increased political pressure from both the uh, African fellow states and, and uh, international, internationally. It's quite, it's quite appalling that uh, such a conflict can just uh, rage on without any, uh, or at least not much, outspokenness from global leaders that we often see ask for for peace and other conflicts. So I I know that it, because it's as you say considered mini Africa, you know, or mm. it it must have tremendous uh, natural resources there, and I suspect that like any other African mineral or resource-rich country, there are Western. Uh, interests that have, uh, you know, large um, extractive, for example, uh, operations there. Um, mm. I mean, I'm just wondering if there's something that, or pressure that people from around the world can apply on these international actors in some way to uh, to have an influence on the resolution of the conflict. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't know the details in in terms of uh, resource uh, looting. But as you say, we can all we can probably assume that there is interest in uh, in that. Um, yeah, I think what people can do is is um, 
teach himself more about uh, neglected crises. Try to request that from your preferred uh, media outlets uh, and get a better coverage of what is uh, actually happening around the world so that we're not all absorbed in, in one crisis at a time. I think the world can take take in more than more than one big big conflict and I think we should yeah try, um, try to do that yeah. I, I want to give a shout out to the BBC Africa Today podcast, which is where I heard the, the interview originally. There are multiple conflicts, though, happening within Cameroon, right? How many different ones uh, can, you, can you cite? There's the insurgency in the, in the far north, which uh, probably most people know as the, as the Boko Haram. Um, there's also effects in Cameroon. Cameroon is the second most affected uh, country of the Lake Chad Basin conflict. Um, with uh, a lot of attacks also within Cameroon and a lot of internal displacement as well as Nigerian refugees who have fled from northeast Nigeria. Then in the east of the country there is the refugee crisis um, that dates back to um, 2012 where there was a lot of uh, Central African Republic and refugees who came into Cameroon and have lived there for, for quite some time. Um, and then there's the uh, Northwest-Southwest um, political crisis that um, began in 2016-17. Wow, there's, there's so much and going on there. The negative crisis report is, is out and that's a good starting point if you want to learn some more about uh, crisis that we don't hear a lot about in the, yeah. in the worldwide media. I super appreciate you uh, chatting with me about it and informing uh, my audience just about this. It's just another thing to, to, to uh, bring your attention to if you're, if you're an engaged citizen who cares about people all over the world, you know, you, you should know about this and uh, do something if you can. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for inviting us and for making this part of your podcast. For today's episode, I'd like to thank Kari and the Norwegian Refugee Council and also for the music today, which came from the late, great Cameroonian musician Manu Dibango, who died earlier this year from the coronavirus. The music style he helped popularize, Makosa, you might identify with Michael Jackson's Wanna Be Startin' Something from the Thriller album. If you want to learn more about Cameroon, check out Manu Dibango's music as a soft introduction. And of course, our theme music, The Lone Ranger by Quantum Jump. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Blue Continent podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you'll subscribe and join us again. Tell others about us. This podcast is also available in a raw video format found on our Blue Continent Alliance Facebook page. If you'd like to see our mini documentaries from around the world, visit the Blue Continent YouTube page today. Thanks again for listening. Take care.